Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Dibbly Dobbly podcast. Before we get started, remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page as well. On today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be doing a cricket discussion today, discussing the important issues of the game. Joining me on this cricket discussion today is my good friend and my cricket coach, Luke. Luke, welcome to the Dibbly Dobbly podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jack. It's a pleasure to be on and good to see that you're going so well in uh, the podcast, but also in what you're doing in life. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, no worries, Luke. Thanks for coming on today to um, discuss some important topics you would agree on the game of cricket in general. Yeah, definitely. I think um, what we're going to chat about today is pretty relevant in in today's climate, but also for our generation. so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to what we have to discuss. Absolutely. Let's get straight into it. Um, got a, oh, sorry, I called your nickname there. Uh, Luke. That's right. <laughs> That's all right. Um, this first topic we're going to discuss today is a very important issue in this current climate uh, facing us at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, mental health is huge, I think, not just for uh, the general population, um, but also, you know, from a cricket's perspective, there's been plenty of players out there recently that have thought, you know, might need to take a step back from the game and do things for themselves uh, in and making that public. So people like Will Pukowski, uh, I think Nick Maddinson was another, and Glenn Maxwell in recent years. I think it's something that needs to be talked about more, um, not only in the general public side but also from a media uh, perspective to actually push out and destigmatize mental health so I think it's being led by the players at the moment yep and which I think is really really good and I think cricket Australia is starting to tap into that absolutely um, first of all Cotter it's a big problem in our society as you said and in this current climate as well with all this happening around the world uh, people being in isolation lockdowns um, it, it has a big toll on you oh definitely it? definitely as you know I remember last year there's all that well here in Australia we've been uh, very lucky in terms of how it's been handled yeah um, but you know for people who might have been living in Victoria uh, during their lockdown, I couldn't imagine what that would have been like. And yes. for us here in our state, we only had, you know, a few weeks that we had to sort of bunker down for, and then that was sort of it. Yes. Um, so the fact that we got away pretty luckily, at, we got away with it. We mm. not having to lock down yeah. for an extended period, unlike some of the other countries around the world. Yeah. They're still, yep. you know, struggling to contain. Yep. Um, the spread of the coronavirus, I think, you know, mental health is, there's been increasing calls here in Australia just to like Lifeline and domestic violence support centres um, yep. from the isolation that people are experiencing. So, yeah, in general, it's a, it's really come to the forefront, I think, of our landscape at the moment. It, it has, it definitely has. And um, people who are listening to this podcast, you're not alone. Everyone goes through their ups and downs in life. Um, don't be afraid of mental health or illness. Um, it's an illness. It's it's not a weakness. It's an illness, isn't it, uh, Luke? Yes, very much so. It's um, you know, it, there is 
guess you look at it as if you've got a knee injury, you're going to have to spend time out of a out of the sport or out of your job for a, a period of time as you yeah. get the support and you know uh, medical attention that you require. And I think mental health is no different in that if you need to take time away from yep. whether it's your sport or your job um, and get support, then yeah, it's really no different to any other um, physical injury in terms of how absolutely uh, absolutely at a holistic level absolutely indeed it is um mental health is such a big issue in in cricket we've seen a lot of players come out as you mentioned before will bukowski i know glenn maxwell nick Mattinson have done in the past moses on um mm. has as well um what is it luke um about mental health in men in particular that they don't want to admit it that they sense to to fear it and not admit that they have a problem. Yeah, I think it just goes back to the patriarchy, I guess, in that, you know, the men are, I think, in through history have been um, shown as being, like, strong. Um, there's no weakness. You don't... Yep. Uh, can't be broken. Yep. And if you do show that you are broken, then... You know, historically, you may lose your position in society, whether that's a job or um, in the household. But I think, you know, in the 21st century, you know, there's a whole different uh, probably social structure, which is for yep. the better. And I think men need to understand that, you know, showing your weakness is probably your biggest strength in being Absolutely. able to understand that, yeah, I'm not going okay. I can't keep faking it because if you keep yep. faking it, putting it off it's just yeah. you're not you're not dealing with what needs to be dealt with yeah, that's right um you can't put this off as you said for any length of time it gets to a point where you are really struggling and it is time to to seek that help and assistance isn't it yeah definitely um, it's you know men stereotypically are less likely to go see a doctor for feeling unwell mm. So just having a general cold. So I can, you know, getting men to destigmatize and open up to expressing their feelings and emotions um, and be able to even just go see a doctor or um, a therapist for their mental health is obviously going to be another big step. But I think the more that people who are in the spotlight and have a public um, audience who are yeah. starting to, you know, identify and speak about their um, health physically and mentally, will yeah. hopefully uh, increase the amount of males out in the world who will seek assistance. Yes, absolutely. And and for those who are listening, um, as we as Luke just cut, uh, touched on there, um, we need to address this problem uh, seriously. Um, everyone needs to, to think about it um, because it will happen to you someday. Um, I'm not saying everyone's immune to this. No one's immune to mental health, are they, Luke? It, it happens to no. everyone. It does happen to everyone. You know, we always have a bad day here or there and, you know, probably our, where we are in our well-being and our experiences with resilience will yep. determine how well we bounce back from that. Absolutely, indeed. Um, let's get into mental health and cricket in particular in this discussion. So we've touched on mental health in general and now in cricket. Um, with this current climate at the moment now, Luke, players being in bio bubbles, being away from their families, not going out 
being in locked in isolation, but only going out for training and following all the protocols which they have to follow um, in order for uh, the players to be healthy and safe so they can go out and do what they love. And that's playing this great game that we all love. That takes a toll on you when you tour for a very long time, like a couple of months, maybe. It takes a lot out of you mentally and physically. Definitely. You look at even, you take away the bio bubble and just the amount of time that cricketers do spend away from their families. Mm. Um, with the bio bubbles now, they're almost being, there's time taken away from um, even some of their own teammates or their opposition who they would usually yep. maybe socialise with outside of the game and in between, uh, whether it's at, in the IPL or whether that's on an Ashes tour or a tour of another country, there's always time to you know, mingle with the opposition. And I think being in these bio bubbles now, it's very much getting off plane, buses into a hotel, um, do your training yep. and back to your hotel. Yep. And there's not much opportunity to you know, re- release or live your own life in yes, those yeah. experiences yeah, and be absolutely. able to like, uh, I know the huge thing like going to India for a lot of Australian players was being, being able to get out into the um, communities and seeing yeah. the, the entire country. And obviously they're not going to be able to do that for no, the foreseeable um, future. Well, so I, could, I could remember um, Steve Waugh used to do that. He used to take his camera out, especially in India, take a lot yeah. of photos. And obviously players can't do that now. No. so Don't have whole, that freedom uh, now. No, none, none at all, which I think it's obviously for the best and for mm. the sport to continue uh, for the viewers. But yeah, the bio bubbles are going to be, you know, they Here will be stay. around for, for, yeah, for until, you know, vaccines are widely distributed around the world. I think bio bubbles is something that, you know, teams are going to need to find a way to deal with that and be able to, you know, balance between rest and play and be able to manage the not only the physical um, well-being but also the mental well-being of their players absolutely um yeah uh, and people's perceptions uh the fans perceptions i'm talking about into the players um an example is when india toured australia india complained about being in the bubble uh, because it was a long tour they were here for months they just came off an ipl which was scheduled in october in the uae so they were in a bubble for like two months, seven mm. weeks or something like that. That's how long the IPL goes for. They were in a bubble. They came to Australia, played an ODI series, a T20 series, played a test series that went for two months. And by the end of it, they got tired, especially after the Sydney test. There was some doubt about going to Brisbane. India wanted to stay in Sydney, didn't want to do quarantine. Mm. Um, and everyone, the fans said, well, harden up, you know, players you're you're cricketers you should be getting on with the job you know but i think times have changed luke back in the old days people thought players were tough and fearless whereas now they're not you know they we should realize that they're people they're not robots they're human beings you know and it's okay for them to feel this way especially i felt a bit sorry for india i I don't know how they're going what they went through um during that um long tour of Australia. Yeah, definitely. It's probably a quiet perspective that you share, Jack, in that a lot of the, and myself included at the time, I was like, well, you're in such a privileged position to be able to, you know, travel the world in the time that 
no one really can. Yep. Um, but also the understanding that, you know, they were obviously struggling. They hadn't seen their families for yep. upwards of eight weeks, um, if not longer. Uh, I think because if the IPL was October, I think they finished up here late January. Yeah. Um, so, and then basically they've gone straight back into another IPL uh, series, which is, yeah, I can really understand that being in that isolation and just around the same people for three months or two to three months would have been very taxing. Mm. And you, I'd, I'll make the connection to um, Australian rules football in that a club set to do similar for upwards of eight weeks and the amount of relationship breakdowns that occurred during yeah. that time because people like uh, husbands had to spend time away from their wives, their partners, their children, their families. Yep. Yep. And in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah. So I can, having seen how that played out um, in the football sphere and I can, yeah, cricket is obviously the exact same in terms of the experience they would have had, but how can yeah. they travel internationally and time zones that they would have had to manage that yep. Indian team. And absolutely. Speaking with family, I think, it's very validated and will probably bring to our heads uh, in future for how teams manage that bubble and be able to, you know, work with the opposition teams and so uh, like Cricket Australia can work with other governing bodies to yep. figure out the best way to manage the well-being um, and health of their players and staff. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, and obviously um, for Australia, of course, um, I think Australia, obviously, we've been, <clears throat> excuse me, we've been very lucky in terms of how we've been controlling this terrible, terrible thing that's impacted so many lives around the world. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate in Australia that we were able to have an international summer of cricket uh, to mm. put some smiles on people's faces and for crowds to return and watch the game, obviously. Cast your mind back to when New Zealand were here in that one day series at the SCG, it was an empty SCG when all this yeah, started um, a year ago. And, and, and now in Australia, we're able to have crowds back, which is great, adds that atmosphere in a limited capacity, in a safe environment, of course. And we have to respect the protocols and what's been put in place by governments, of course, and by Cricket Australia in the bio bubble. <clears throat> um, Obviously, there was a lot of criticism about Australia not going to South Africa, um, obviously, um, because of the situation in South Africa. But I thought Cricket Australia made a very good decision. Um, at the end of the day, if it's going to impact the health and safety of players, don't risk it. Uh, there will be always another time to schedule the series if it's safe to do so. Would you agree, Luke? Yeah, I think Cricket Australia made the right call there. Obviously, they would have had um, you know, surveyed and canvassed the playing group that were going to be travelling there. Yep. Um, and I dare say they would have been against making that tour, um, not only because of the, you know, I guess it mainly was because of uh, coronavirus and with that new strain over there, plus the uncertainty of probably being able to return and what they would have needed to have needed to have done to be able to return to Australia. Yep. In, um, in, in that situation. Especially, yeah. yeah, and especially if one of their staff or players contracted mm. any form of the coronavirus on their travel, it would have really impacted um, not only themselves, but their families and yep. their teammates. Absolutely. So I think Cricket Australia made, you know, I, I don't think there was any other decision to be made there. 
no. in, that, in that situation. That's right, yeah. It was a, obviously it was a board decision. What, um, what people need to understand is that the players would have had some impact on this. Yeah, But definitely. at the end of the day, it's a Cricket Australia board decision. The board made the decision not to go. And many people are saying that's the right decision. Other people are criticising that. That's fair enough. People are entitled to their opinions. But what's important is the health and safety of the players. They've got families to go back to. For example, if they toured South Africa, they would have gone back to their families, would have risked the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, this terrible thing would have spread even further. So, and obviously, it was a long tour. It, uh, sorry, it was a long summer in Australia. It was a tough test series against India, which was an unbelievable series of cricket. And, you know, the, uh, the players from Australia would have been tired mentally and fatigued, physically as well. And the scheduling to go to South Africa then was a bit... Um, could have been done better, would you agree, Luke? Try and space yeah, it think, out. Yeah, definitely. And I think considering that they also had um, a team scheduled to play against New Zealand in, a, mm. I believe it was a T20 series. Yes, it was. At the same time, uh, was obviously stretching their playing group pretty mm. thin. Um, but I think you do make a good point there in the um, fact that they did have a gruelling and would have been a draining series against India. Yeah, absolutely. And... But add on top of that, the actual, you know, everyone has been feeling a sense of probably um, lethargicness in, yep. with what's happened during 2020. And I think, you know, players aren't immune from that either. No. A lot of us, we're feeling tired, we're feeling yep. a bit, you know, exhausted as such. So the players would have been feeling the exact same um, emotions that the general public were feeling, uh, yep. which would have been heightened with their fact that they've just gone through you know, four to five weeks of grueling test cricket. Yeah. That, yeah, I think the players would have definitely had a huge voice to play in the decision to not go. And the fact that there was already two series lined up on the same dates yeah. just goes how busy the international cricketing calendar is uh, with the three formats, mm. as well as all these uh, T20 competitions around the world. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's probably for the ICC and for cricket boards to consider going forward, um, even when we get out of this situation, yeah. um, to can, um, because the international schedule is so condensed, there's a lot of cricket being played. And a lot of people are complaining about the scheduling and the impact it has on players mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. um, injuries occur. Um, Teams have to back up playing the next uh, series against another country in a, you know, a few months or something like that from the last series. So I think for the ICC, they've been talking about this for a while, but they should act on it. Um, make sure the international schedule is not so busy. Give time for players to rest, recuperate, refresh mentally and physically so they can go out there and perform to their ability to win games for their country. Would you agree, Luke? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, when we talk about this, it's no wonder that there's, uh, I believe England had a rotation policy yep. in terms of you know, managing their players. And I think that's going to become a huge part of the game that you're not going to need a squad of just 15 no. players anymore on a tour. You're going to need closer to 20 to yep. cover, um, especially if the calendar continues at its uh, current fixturing. Mm. That it's you know it's 
tour after tour and it's not just, you know, you play, you know, you just have um, tours in the Australian winter and the Australian summer. Yeah. It's a, it's a 12-month process, I think. You can Pretty really much. understand um, a rotation yeah. policy to be able to manage, not, yeah, manage the physical and mental uh, well-being of players. Absolutely. Um, and you touched on the rotation policy of England and, and you are right there that it is going to be a, a fixture of the game now. You're going to have bigger squads because you can't travel because of quarantine and all that. You have to, you know, go all through that hassle. So you're going to have bigger squads than you usually had for a test squad. Of exa for example, um, you're yeah. going to have that to probably 20 or maybe even 30 players. We saw England go over to India. A lot of the England press were uh, questioning the rotation policy and criticising it. Um, saying, why didn't you have the best team on the park? Well, realistically, when you think about it that way, you're not going to have the best team every game because players need rest and you've got to do what's right for the players and look after their welfare because the cricket boards are in charge of players' welfare. They are mm -hmm. responsible for their well-being, mental health, and to make sure they have a long career playing the game that they love. Isn't that right, Cotter? Uh, Luke. Oh, yeah, definitely, Jack. Um, from that perspective, like they are the employer of these players. Uh, so it should be looked no differently to any other business um, and how they operate in being able to you know, have wellbeing programs for their players or for their employees. Yeah. And to be able to provide, you know, mental health days are becoming more and more readily accessible in the corporate world. Yep. Um, so I think the governing bodies and cricket boards are definitely needing to look at what they can provide for their employees. So not just players, but also their staff yep. to operate and perform to the best of their ability. Uh, a wellbeing program is probably something that they need to look into yep. and include those rotation policies to be able to you know, say, we've got this time scheduled off you. So players can have like, you know what, yep. there is a break coming ahead for me. I don't have to continue performing at the best of my ability yeah. for the next two months straight, I do have a break in there to be able to refresh and get myself absolutely, going again. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but people are entitled to their opinions and criticising that. Um, is it people's perception on mental health? I think people have these sort of different ideas about mental health because they haven't, well, number one, they probably haven't experienced them themselves or someone they've known close to experience some sort of mental health or illness. Um, so I think they have this perception that it won't happen to me. Um, the players, you know, we expect as fans to have the best team on the park every game to win games of cricket. Now, the England fans criticised the England selectors for, for doing this in a tough series in India, which they got hammered let's be honest they did but they were doing what was best for their players not only for this tour of India that just happened but also long term as well isn't that right Luke it's very important yeah. to think about long term rather than the now yeah. yeah definitely I think you know teams can get stuck in that rut of just focusing on the here and now and not mm. looking at you know what we've got you know we need to keep this player fit and well to perform in the future, not just for this game. Yeah. And that I think most most international sides these days have 
enough depth to be able to cover and any player who they need to rotate out. Um, it won't obviously be their strongest side, but if you don't have that opportunity for other players to come through, you're, not, you're only going to have one strong side. You're not going to be able to have that depth or ability to um, have these young players to learn what it takes to win. And I think yeah. from the people's perception on mental health and that rotation policy, yeah. it, I think you are correct in that, yeah. you know, it's there's stigma associated. I'd be pretty surprised if some people hadn't experienced um, someone they know or themselves having a mental illness. Yep. Um, I think it's becoming a lot more common these days. More people are speaking about it. So I think it might be people's own, you know, own upbringing and experiences of life in how they respond. Yep. Through that, and it will be a slow process over the next decade for this to become more readily spoken about and understood as just being, it's just another, um, put it in simple terms, it's just another injury um, that yep. people are managing essentially yep. in uh, in the long run. So, yeah, I think the rotation policy is a good thing, yep. um, especially for international teams and even yep. state teams yep. to manage their, their players and keep them healthy. That's right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, we need to remember that, as I said before, uh, players are not robots. They don't mm. run on 100% every day, every game. No. They, they're going to get run out. You know, the battery's going to drain and get empty. They need time to, to recharge the batteries. Yeah, definitely. And when the media, um, whether that media, media corporations and journalists or whether yep. that's through social media jump on the back of these, uh, these players, it's not solving the problem. No, it's not. At all. It's yeah. uh, just, if anything, compounding. Mm. And for, for people to be there, you know, think about the keyboard warriors. I, I probably yeah. do feel for them at times because they may have their own insecurities or struggles that they yeah. are dealing with and they haven't been able to be exposed or yeah. um, opened up to being able to speak about their emotions. So I yeah. think... And, when they see, they see it as a sign of weakness. And but as I said earlier, it's a sign of strength. And I think we can only support those players who come out, yeah, um, and saying, "Look, I'm not okay. I need extra time." Like, yeah. I think the media handled Will Bukowski brilliantly, and I think Cricket yeah, Australia, that, that, yeah, has, yeah, absolutely, Cricket Victoria have a lot to yep. um, be praised on for how that was managed. And that's uh, an example. Yep, sorry, got uh, uh, Luke. That's an example of. If you seek help early or um, admit that you have a problem, um, you can seek help. And what help does, it gets you back on, on track, doesn't it? Like Will Bukowski oh. with, with his problems. He's back on Definitely. track right now. You know, he's made his debut for Australia. He's, he's happy as he can be. Yeah, I'd, I'd assume he would be feeling pretty good. I'd say there's no read reason or I, I wouldn't say no reason i would expect that he'd still have bad days um, yeah of course but of he course. probably has the uh probably has the skills and tools to be able to manage those mm. bad days to be able to bounce back and um to be able to perform at his best not just as a cricketer but as a person yeah so getting that support when you need it 
and being able to be self-aware to identify that for yourself is yeah. uh, not always possible. Yeah. But if you can find a way to get that support, whether that's through a friend or um, you know, a professional, then it's yeah. definitely, definitely something that needs to be, needs to be uh, accessed. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and with, um, and obviously he's a prime example of that, Will Bukowski. Um, mm. And as a many young, uh, Moses Henriques in particular, he, um, ha- came out publicly with his problems as well. Glenn Maxwell, as we said before, Nick Panson, uh, many players are, are, are taking that step and being brave to admit to the world and to themselves that I've got a problem here. I'm not feeling 100%. Um, I need some time away uh, from, from playing the game I love. You know, yeah. it's very important to, to seek that help early, uh, recognise the signs. Is it because we're, is it important, Cotter, that we have to recognise the signs and be educated um, oh, on picking up mental health? Yeah, it can be just really small things can be a sign. It could be your mate um, or a family member, you know, for yeah. a couple of times turning down a, a social gathering. Um, as sim- honestly, as simple as that could be mm. the first sign that, you know, they may not be confident yet to ask for help, but yeah. I, I would, from my own experience, that they would be wanting and would be willing for someone to, to ask how they are going and have yeah. a chat with them. Um, so, yeah, it's education is yeah. probably the first point of call. And I think the uh, here in Australia, they're doing that really well from a Cricketing Australia point of view and pro- probably I'm not sure what the state bodies are doing, but I know yeah. Cricket Australia are bringing in some wellbeing programs. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's important. And now the, the international teams have psychologists on tour as well. So players can yes. talk to them as well. Sports mm-hmm. psychologists and dealing with these emotions that they may be feeling um, when in the spotlight. Uh, because players, it's a lonely place, cricket, as an international player. Yeah. You know, it's a lonely place. It's a tough job. And we should be more uh, empathetic towards them and Definitely. put ourselves in their shoes and what they're feeling, you know. How would you mm-hmm. like it if someone said those things in the media about you? You know, most of the oh, things the media exactly. say and people say on social media is absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely yeah, disgraceful. No, Wouldn't you agree, um, Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, um, oh, the only thing you can sort of say is put yourselves in their shoes or go back to your own time in, uh, when you're at school or in your workplace and people are talking about you whether that's behind your back or making yep. a snarky comment doesn't make you feel great so if you're returning favor to these uh, people in the public spotlight you're yep. no better than the people who were doing that to yourself and i think we need yep. to treat those people who are making um controversial statements or comments regarding other players mental health i think we need to educate them rather than um pull them down is to yeah. educate them understanding what people are actually going through. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about that word again, education, um, mm. and understanding what mental health and mental illness is, Yeah, uh, which it's is very important in our society, but also yeah. in cricket as well. 
Um, Definitely. Luke, obviously your profession is a teacher, obviously. You work with children. You yes. You teach children. So you're trained as well to, to understand the signs at a school level as well in terms yeah. of mental health with young kids in particular. Yeah, definitely. I think there's been a... Uh, oh, I've only been in the profession six years now, but you can. there's definitely been a change, yeah. I think, in uh, resilience levels of children. Um, yep. And I think if we connect this to cricket in a way, I'd say failure is something that kids shy away from. And yep. because they're afraid of failure, they're not willing to take risks. Yep. So that inability or aversion from taking a risk connects to cricket because if you're a batter yep. and you're just starting to play the game, yep. your ability to score is going to be affected because you're not willing to take a risk because if you get out, you're out. Yeah. You know, in especially in, you know, if you have an age of around 12, 13, there's no, you know, you're batting for four overs in a partnership, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Once you get past that, you're, you're out, you're out. So yeah. definitely amongst young people and children, there is an increased risk of there being mental health illnesses in the yep. future. Um, and that's hand in hand with, you know, the access to social media they have now from a young age, um, yep. technology and how they communicate with people their own age and people around the world is yep. not face-to-face anymore. So oh, the messages no, and um, information they receive is up to their own interpretation because yep. you're reading a message and there's no tone to a piece of text um, yep. like what we're having here. You can tell whether I'm interested or not because my yep. voice changes how I interact with you. Yeah, so absolutely. What, I'm saying, what I can say could have two or three different meanings depending on how I say it. Yeah. So when yeah, young people have a huge challenge ahead of them in relation to mental health, and I think it's really our generation, those of us who are in our 20s and 30s, to be able yeah. to um, you know, be really aware of that. And mm. when we become parents or work with young people in our professions or yeah. um, with younger family members to really really be aware of that and just be there for people when they need it. Absolutely. That's, I totally agree with all you've said there, Luke. And, and that's very important as well. We, technology these days, we, we tend not to see one another uh, face-to-face, as you said. Yeah. Um, it's a bit tough now, obviously, because of all this that's happening. We can't be able to do that. Um, but we can communicate with technology. That's the benefit of it. You can, yeah, definitely. You can um, check up on your mates or whatever uh, by giving them a, a phone call, um, mm-hmm. a text. Um, you know, just you know, make sure you're checking in with them. And it's very important to do that when you're struggling, isn't it, Luke? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, to be able to make that reach out to others is probably the last thing you feel like doing because you don't want to be seen as a hindrance yes. on that other person's life but um, yeah. I think if you've got the right network around you and there's always one person yeah. who's willing to have that conversation with you and you'd be really surprised probably to hear who that person would be yes absolutely and obviously um, for, for many listening to this podcast if I could 
um, help you in any way. Um, obviously, Luke being my cricket coach, obviously, I love playing cricket as I do. I'm a cricket tragic, as everyone knows. Um, but this season, I didn't play a game of cricket at all. I was really struggling. Um, I was going through bad days, got too much. And, and obviously, Luke, being my cricket coach, obviously, I confide in you and took that mm -hmm. step to, to reach out to you and say, I'm not feeling 100% here, mate. Um, probably I need some time away, you know, and look after my own health. And, and obviously, I'm not ashamed to admit that to everyone on this podcast. Um, we need to take that step. And if you've got a problem, don't shy away from it. Talk about it. Uh, seek help. And I've done that with obviously Luke, obviously being my coach. And I felt better after it. And he's understand my concerns and he, he hasn't pressured me to play for the team this year where I play in my local comp uh, because he's, you know, understanding my needs and what I need to do. Isn't that right, Luke? And obviously you've been a great support through that time. No, thank you, Jack. I'm glad I was a, to, be able to, to be able to be of assistance for you. Um, but yeah, the fact that you did have that, uh, strength and courage to come forward and you know talk about your feelings and to say how you're going and this is what I think I need to do is was brilliant of you and more people do need to do it. It, it I can it, we're not saying this to put pressure on anyone out there. Yeah, that, you know you're you've made some bad decisions to not speak to anyone. That's not the case. Yeah, um, I can personally vouch for yourself that it was probably a difficult thing for you to do and I've yeah. had to do it in the past as well to speak to my own mates about how I've been going at different points in my life and once you take that step it's a it's liberating in a way because yeah. all of a sudden you realize that you're not alone and that there are people out there who have felt the same way or are feeling the same yeah. way as you yeah and that's, that's right may have strategies for for yourself on how to um how to manage your own feelings and at the end of the day most people are just there and they're, they're happy to just listen yeah. that's the minimum they can do to allow uh, anyone to be able to release what they're feeling absolutely and obviously Cotter uh, sorry Luke sorry keep calling your nickname here yeah. um, okay, mate. obviously being the coach of the team this year obviously was that a big focus for you in this role to be there for your teammates and go up to them and put, put your arm around their shoulder and say, hey, you know, I'm here for you? Um, I'd say initially it probably wasn't. Um, it wasn't until I got to probably have a bit more of an, you know, closer relationship with my players and having the discuss chats with them, which I yeah. wasn't having beforehand because I wasn't speaking to them in a coach um, Sort of yeah, yeah. Um, it was more just as a, a teammate and a, yeah. a, a mate. But once I had those conversations with some players about you know their performances and you, they start to talk about what they're feeling, and it's yeah. got most of it's you know some of it's got to do with cricket, and some doesn't have anything to do with cricket. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think once I started to identify that you know what maybe I need to provide and be there for that support, your coaching, how you coach changes. Yeah. in small little ways and in the conversations that you have and change how you communicate with each individual. 
absolutely it does. And that's very important um, as a coach to look for the signs and support. Um, obviously, um, some players um, don't want to go up to the coach and say, oh, you know, I'm struggling a bit, you know, I'm not really enjoying my cricket. Um, would you encourage those people to, uh, from a cricketing point of view, come up to the coach and say, you know, how they're feeling, if you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think definitely. A coach, if someone's in the position of a coach, they're there for more than just teaching cricket. Mm. They're there because they've got a skill or a vocation to connect with people. Um, yep. And if you don't have anyone that yourself you feel confident to go speak to in your friendship group, a coach in any sport, if I'm assuming most people listening to this podcast probably do play cricket or another sport, um, is to speak to your coach because hopefully you have a, a trustworthy coach, someone yep. who is supportive um, and is someone who you can speak to because at the end of the day, a coach isn't there just to teach cricketing skills. They're there yeah. to mentor and advise yeah. on ev every aspect. So of your, um, of your game and also your mental approach. So Absolutely. Being, Absolutely. Able, being able to speak to that trusted person and that's a coach. The coach has a huge role to play in that area. Absolutely. And I think... Uh, people skills as well is important from a coach, isn't it? Um, to listen rather yes. than to, to talk and butt in. Just listen to what the player uh, concern has to say to you as a coach. And that's mm -hmm. very important. Top tip for all of the coaches out there. Listen to the players. If you listen, then you understand and you can help them if you do listen. Isn't that right, Lou? It's very important yeah. to listen as a coach. Yeah, listening across the board is very, very important. I think yeah. uh, from a teacher perspective here as well, you, you know, we teach things, we get feedback from students and yeah. as a coach, in this case, your players. Um, and then you sort of have to adjust how you teach again next time or what your yeah. approach is because you listen to what they're needing, you're seeing what they're needing and you're yeah. going to have to adjust your approach. So yeah. a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work. Um, yep. People talk about, oh, there's coaching styles and whatnot out there. There isn't, I wouldn't say there is coaching styles. I think a no. good coach yep. these days just coach and yep. that needs to be adaptable and flexible because no two players are the same. Well, that, no two people as no two people are the same so, that's right yeah. we're all we're all um different in this world yeah we all have different personalities different ways of thinking uh different upbringings different families we're not all copycats in this world no. embrace being you that's very important that's what i'll say to many people especially when you play this game be yourself you know luke you know how i am on the cricket field you know i celebrate when i take a wicket and dive and yeah. slide in the field because that's just that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. embrace Be being you isn't it we've yeah, got to do that i think so definitely and that's probably one thing i stressed to my players uh this year or to the team was to at the end of the play your role and to identify what your role is within a team yeah um you don't have to be the star wicket taker or the biggest run scorer 
to help your team be successful. Yeah. It's if you're trying to reach for something that you're not going to be able to achieve, play to your strength. Yeah. If that strength as a bowler is to bowl with an economy rate of two runs per over in across ten overs or however many overs you bowl in your yeah. game, then play that role. Uh don't try and be quicker or do anything too different to be become more of a wicket taker immediately. Yeah. Um play your role because there are going to be those players in your team that are going to be wicket takers but they're going to go up maybe three or four and over so yeah. there needs to be someone there to put the brakes on and build that pressure absolutely um and what we've said in this uh discussion about mental health so far is uh, obviously it's important to seek help uh talk to someone and if you're one of those people that criticize on social media take a minute to pause and reflect, right? Just think about what you are actually going to do before you type it on the keyboard or whatever and comment on these, you know, social media pages or whatever. Take a minute to, to think what you're doing because you may say that about the player, maybe hurtful, maybe negative. Uh, think about what you're doing before you do it. Isn't that right, Luke? Think before you do something like that. Just think about the implications that your comment may have on the player or someone. Yeah, definitely. Like if you comes back, if you don't, uh, there used to be a saying that said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. But I feel like that needs to change. To and I can't remember who I'm quoting here, but if you don't have anything nice to say, you're not thinking hard enough. Yeah. And I think that ability to think before you say yep. is something that's been lost. So I think being able to think before you say or write or communicate, yeah, you have to do it because think about if that was someone writing that about you. Yeah. At the end of the day, you keep it simple. If you wouldn't want that to be written about you, yeah, and reflect really deeply on that. If you're thinking, oh yeah, I can yep. take it. Think about it from the, if you're at a lower level in your mental health. Yeah, think about it. It's not saying that about you. So yeah, think before you say and do is huge. That's very important. And for most people in general, not only in cricket circles, but in general, um, people who comment on social media, you're probably not going to meet them. They're sort of like faceless people. You're not going to really meet them. So whatever is said, don't take that to heart. Um, you know, try and you know, focus on the positives rather than the negatives, try and block that out uh, because at the end of the day, that's probably their opinion. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't think there should be any negativity um, in this world. We should all try and be positive and look at the positives. Isn't that right, Luke? Don't yeah, be is. too affected on what people think or say about you as a person. No, definitely. It's uh and that's called resilience, I guess, at the end of the day, is being able to, you know, bounce back from uh, negative comments. Uh, there's always a place for constructive criticism. I'm a yes. huge fan of being constructive and giving constructive feedback. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if there is, you know, negative words being said about you, it's, you know, we need to reach out to those people more with uh, love and care than, you know, letting it affect us too much. So it's something Absolutely. that we learn. 
as we go. It's not something that's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to respond with love and care and not be affected by this bloke who's or person who's tearing yeah. me down. Uh, it does take time and does take a huge mental shift. So, yeah, it is. It's just practicing being positive yep. um, and practicing focusing on you and the things that you love and the people around you that you care about and who yep. care about you. So, rather than being affected by you know external sources that yeah don't really have much impact on you. That's right. Um, from the day to day. Absolutely. Um, obviously mental health and we've touched on it in this topic we can't stress enough um please seek help if anything has uh caused you to think about your own mental health and well-being um, and you need to contact someone uh, please do um if you're here in australia we've got many organizations you can get in touch with luke what are some of the organizations that people can get in touch and um, seek help here in australia Oh, plenty of free services out there. You've got Beyond Blue, Headspace, um, Lifeline's a good one. Their number's 13, 11, 14 here in Australia. Um, so they're probably the main three to have a chat with yep. or reach out to. Um, yeah, so Lifeline 13, 11, 14 here in Australia. Um, I think in the UK, their equivalent is Samaritans. If anyone's listening from the UK, it's uh, 11, 61, 23. So and if you want to find any other helplines, uh, befrienders.org is a good website to go to with other international helplines to reach out for. Yep. Um, yeah, thanks for that, Luke. Um, and obviously what we're trying to say, and I think Luke will agree with me, is that we're starting the discussion on this podcast about mental health. Um, mental health will happen to you someday. Um, don't think it won't happen to you, but it, it may happen to you. Don't fear it. I think that's the important thing, Luke, is not to fear mm -hmm. it. It will happen. It's an illness. It's not a weakness. And I think men in particular um, have that perception, do they? That obviously we touched on it before, that men, you know, macho, you know, all that strong, you know, nothing phases us. But it's okay if you're a man to feel the way you feel. Isn't that right, Luke? Definitely. Yeah, it is. It's a part of life. Yeah, that's right. Having to communicate that to others. Absolutely. Um, and I hope this discussion on this topic has uh, got you thinking at home, wherever you may be around the world, also about your mental health and well-being. Obviously, Luke's just touched on some organisations that are available in, in Australia and also in the UK, obviously, but different countries have different uh, organizations that you can access. Um, so go and seek them if you can. Um, but also at the end of the day, talk to your family, your loved ones, because they're your family, confine in them, or talk to your friends, someone you can trust, or talk to your doctor, or go to a psychologist or, or someone that can listen and let it all out. That's the best advice I will give. Luke, what's, what's your top tip? For anyone suffering mental health, what's your top tip for them? Um, be honest. Like be honest and uh, be strong. I think that's the two. Is just if you're being honest with yourself and with those around you, you're going to see improvement eventually. Yep. That may take a few weeks, may take months, may take years. But if you're being honest and upfront about it, then there's 
room to grow. Absolutely. And, and before we finish up on this topic, Cotter, and move on to our other topics that we're going to discuss in this discussion, um, mention, um, obviously, you put me on to that book. Um, you made me oh. listen to that audio book. Yes. Um, the Resilience that, Project. The Resilience Project. Um, By Hugh Van Kuhlenberg. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a great guy, Hugh. And his book was really inspiring to me, and I know so you got a lot out of it as well. Tell people at, at home listening, what's Hugh's vision? What's he about? Um, he's, he's a teacher, like myself. Um, essentially, he's looking to improve well-being of young people and sports people. Yeah. Um, as a, that's basically his goal, improve their well-being. Um, is and he does that through getting people to be more grateful so looking through the principles of gem g for gratitude e for empathy and m for mindfulness so it's just becoming probably a bit more being more grounded and not always i guess you know keeping up with the joneses being grateful for what we have yeah. being empathetic what others are feeling and putting ourselves in their shoes and understanding yeah. that we've been in these situations and also Absolutely. being mindful practicing mindfulness and um taking time to rest yep after ourselves so yeah he's you know, he's a he's a teacher he's a cricketer he's a cricketing coach and he's now got the resilience project um which has been a huge success for him um, yep. he's worked with um you know in, uh, national teams he's worked with uh professional sporting clubs here in australia he's even worked with the australian team he has he has worked with the australian team um, and he was the first one to put his hand up that he wasn't sure how well that went. But um, yep. I know that there were some players that reached out to him afterwards. And yep. I, uh, I wholly blame Hugh for the uh, success of the Richmond Football Club in the 2017 grand final. That's um, <laughs> when he started working with the Richmond Footy Club and yep. won Justin Martin, who tore the Adelaide Crows apart. So, uh, yes. look, he's, yeah, he's obviously doing something right. Yeah, um, for our for our international viewers, uh, what kind of means is the AFL, which is Australian Rules Football in Australia, sort of like rugby but on steroids. Yes, yeah, essentially, yeah. He um, worked with a football club that year, and they experienced a lot of success and beat my own team in the uh, grand final. So, I yeah, wholly blame him for his uh, for that performance. Absolutely, but uh, in just saying that, Cotter, he's a great great person, Hugh, and a great book that you can get on Amazon, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, any audio book on Amazon. Yeah, uh, audio book on Amazon. Or you can get you on Apple Books get... as well, iBooks. You can get on there, yeah. get an e-book on it. Even go yeah. to his website as well. He's got yes. a website as well. Got excellent journals there for um, Absolutely. people to use. A uh, six-month one and also a, I think it's a three-week journal. Yep. So, uh, no, he's got a lot of resources on that on his website. Um, and he's even got an app. Project. You can download the app as well. Yes, he's got the app, which works really well hand-in-hand hand with the journal. Yep. Um, but, yeah, and as well, any good bookstore. Uh, Absolutely. Place to get the Resilience Project. So it should be on their bestseller wall is where I've seen it mostly recently. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, But there's many others. We're just naming one uh, there in the Resilience Project with you. But there are many people who have written about mental health and um, all that stuff. So uh, go and find it uh, wherever you are around the world. Go and access those resources. Um, it's very important. Hope you enjoyed part one of our cricket discussion on mental health in cricket.
Mental health is a serious problem facing cricket, but in our society as well. If this has raised any concerns with your mental health or well-being, please seek help from the organisations available in your country. If you live in Australia or the UK, we have some links in the description below on organisations that can help you. Stay tuned for part two of our cricket discussion. Until then, keep safe and bye for now.